From the Selfish Path to Romance, download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. Would you like some cake? I'm not supposed to. Don't worry so much about not supposed to. Live a little. With me today is the author of a book, Loving Life. For this segment, we'll be talking with Craig Biddle. Craig, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Craig, the title of your book kind of can raise an eyebrow. The, the, it's, or not the title. Loving Life is wonderful. But the subtitle is The Morality of Self-Interest and the Facts that Support It. Now, when I think of morality, or when most people think of morality, they think of duty, heavy, guilt, sermons on Sunday... Morality and self-interest, morality and happiness, morality and loving life, you usually don't hear that combination. What do you mean by linking the two? Well, that's the, uh, the whole thesis of the book is that uh, morality is actually all about self-interest. And I demonstrate in Loving Life why it is that duty and self-sacrifice and uh, such terms as those are actually incompatible with uh, uh, morality. Uh, so it's a controversial book in that regard, but it's uh, quite convincing, I believe, if you take the time to read it. Okay, but can you give an example? Because can you give an example of someone who's really duty bound and they're being a very moral person in their context of the word moral, but they're not really enjoying their life? Yeah, if somebody uh, uh, takes the idea that uh, being moral means uh, taking all of your spare time and devoting it to uh, uh, helping other people instead of pursuing the things that are important to you personally for your own happiness. Uh, Now, uh, somebody who accepts this uh, code of morality is going to find themselves ultimately miserable. They're going to be resentful of other people over time because uh, other people seem to have a moral claim on their time and on their life. Okay, I want to stop you there. Can you think of a person in your life who followed this, what you're talking about, this duty code, this heavy morality code, and they end, some, someone that I could relate to that just didn't end up happy, but they tried, they were really sincere, really trying to be a good person, really trying to believe the Sunday sermons. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I know of a, of a girl who is uh, uh, under the idea that everything she does has to be done uh, to please her parents. Um, now, you can either take the idea that it's, you know, everything you do is to please your parents or society or God or any other, and that is the idea uh, of self-sacrifice being uh, the morally right thing. I want to hear her story. What happened with her? And this girl is incapable of achieving even a moment of happiness in her life at this time. She works uh, a nine-to-five that she's not very happy with, Um, but because she doesn't believe that happiness is the purpose of life to begin with, she doesn't have any moral motivation to pursue another career. When she gets out of work, she involves herself in uh, charity work and philanthropic work uh, that, uh, you know, uh, just basically renders her miserable because the entirety of her life is committed to serving other people at the expense of her own happiness. Um, And uh, I have watched this poor girl, unfortunately, over the past few years because she... 
uh, is uh, uh, somebody who has mutual friends with me, uh, I have watched her life uh, become more and more miserable, and I've watched her fail in a number of uh, relationships, romantic relationships, on account of it. How would she fail in a romantic relationship? Well, instead of entering a romantic relationship selfishly by saying, in effect, uh, the purpose of a romantic relationship is to enjoy uh, uh, what you get out of it, to uh, find somebody who's got mutual values with you, somebody uh, with whom you enjoy spending your time, and then to do things selfishly together so that you, uh, you know, enjoy the time that you spend together. Instead of that, what she does is she finds somebody uh, that uh, is demanding of her in terms of her serving him. And she repeatedly finds herself in relationships uh, where the guy does nothing uh, in, uh, in any way to uh, help her in her life and her happiness, and she finds herself doing nothing but serving him. But it sounds so like she wouldn't let treat. him. She wouldn't let him. If the way that you've described her is that if she says to herself something on the order of, you know, I'm only good if I do for other people, then right then and there, even if he tried to say, well, why don't you get a career for yourself? You really hate this nine-to-five office job. You know, go out there. You've always loved landscape architecture. You've always loved interior design. Do that for yourself, honey. What would she say to him? That's exactly the point. She would have to say on her own moral code uh, that that's not important. Uh, and she would have to say if he did offer to try to help her, uh, that it's wrong for her to accept help. Why? Because what's right is for her to sacrifice, not to receive. So she puts That's one of the perverse uh, you know, elements of the whole morality of sacrifice. So she puts herself in a double bind. If, he, if she's saying to herself, to herself on one hand, you know what, I really want to be a good person, and I listen to my Sunday sermons, and I know that helping other people is good, and occasionally it gives me a nice feeling because the person's really needy. You help them out feels good. But you know what? My life is just withering away, and I do this day in and day out, and I'm in a drab job that I feel like I should do, and I just don't like my life. I don't I don't you know, forget about loving life. That's the title of your book, Craig. This is yeah. Craig Biddle. You forget about loving it. I don't even like my life. I feel like a darn doormat. And yet when my husband says to me, I mean, I want to tell you, my husband will say to me, come on, honey, do something for yourself. I'll feel that that's so darn selfish. I can't do it. My own moral code suffocates me. Exactly. Uh, a false morality undermines your entire life because uh, it sets a, an order to you that is incompatible with your life and happiness. It says don't pursue your values, and the pursuit of values is what makes life and happiness possible. It says don't pursue your values. It says give up your values. So uh, just, you know, from the get-go with that kind of a premise, you're going to, uh, to be miserable. So my book explains why that premise is false and helps the reader understand that what morality really consists of is pursuing your values, respecting others' rights to pursue their values, and living fully, filling your life with values, with meaning, and, uh, you know, with things you love to do. 
Okay, we're almost out of time. I'm talking with Craig Biddle, who's written the book, Loving Life. And you can get this book on Amazon.com. You can get it on my website, drkenner.com, D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R.com. I think it's also available at Barnes & Nobles and Borders Books, so you could order it through them if you want. Is that correct, Craig? Yes, it is. Um, so you can, you too, if, you, if, you're, if you've been listening to us and you're saying, you know, I feel like I'm caught in that trap. I want to enjoy my life. And yet, I've, uh, every time I try to do something for myself, it is tinged with guilt. Well, Craig would want you to know, and I would certainly want you to know, that that is unearned guilt. It is your life. As Craig has said, you only travel through this life once. Make the best of it. Make the most of it. Learn to love your life and, and to really... N- Put some sort of alarm in your mind so anytime you feel like you're being a doormat, you're not a doormat anymore. You refuse to go that route anymore. You refuse to self-destruct. I want to thank you very much for being with us today, Craig. My pleasure. Okay, and hopefully more people will take a a cue from you and go out and read your book. And it's called Loving Life, and it's by Craig Biddle. And again, that's available on my website, drkenner.com, D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R. And that's the theme of my show, The Rational Basis of Happiness. You matter and your happiness matters here on The Rational Basis of Happiness. Your future hasn't been written yet. No one's has. Your future is whatever you make it. So make it a good one. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path of Romance by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner. Another skill necessary for effective communication between romantic partners is speaking assertively. Let's say that Paul and Sarah are discussing an upcoming holiday, and Sarah assumes they will spend it with her dysfunctional family. Paul, however, prefers a private getaway for the two of them in the Bahamas, or even going to a restaurant by themselves for a cozy holiday dinner. One wrong approach Paul might use is to talk aggressively. He might say, Why the heck do we have to spend the day with those jerks? You always feel you need to please your family. I'm not wasting my time with your crazy family. I don't care what you do. This aggressive approach is referred to as finger-pointing language or you language, since the essence of it is an attack on the character of the listener. You can download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com, and you can buy the book at amazon.com.